This is a HeadGum Podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I have to agree with you. Like, I've taken all of, like, the bummed out parts of 2020, and I'm like, okay, what can I find out that's good about it and, like, do something positive? And I've been able to, like, overcome a lot of, like, struggles and challenges, and I'm like, okay, if this year wasn't what it was, would I have operated in this manner, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. I mean, I knew we were talking about it. I, we, the collective we were all talking about it in the beginning of quarantine when we were, everyone was staying at home, and it was like we had yeah. now the time to realize what we really need and want and what is essential. And yeah. from the first time, I think people were journaling and asking themselves what they actually would like in their lives instead of what yeah. they've had this whole time. No, absolutely. And it became this thing where it was like, we were all like kind of on an even playing field. Like nobody had anything. Like it didn't matter if you were like a CEO or like a assistant or whatever you were like, there was a point in time where like there was nothing for anyone to do. And so it was just like, okay, how do we navigate this and how do we make the best of this situation? Yeah. What do you think that I like love that we haven't really started the podcast yet, but we totally have at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's before I get into anything else, I guess we can do a traditional sure. start. <laughs> Um, I, I'm already so excited. I've been stalking you for the past hour your entire, I think I've looked at every one of your social media posts. Like, you know, when you go so far back that yeah. you're on the very first Instagram photo, yeah. that was me. Okay. Well, there, it's definitely been cleaned up over like the past like week or two. I was like, there's a move, a breakup, a whole like year of things. Like I don't want to be reminded of. So I'm like, okay, I'm just cleaning it up now. So it doesn't Ooh, go so that you deep. Did Okay, okay. So you did like a detox of like you're redoing the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. And now it's just basically like some work stuff with like some bikini pictures, which is basically my entire life. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I want to get so much. I, I'm i going to okay. go into the recesses of your brains during this next hour and I cannot Please wait. Please do. Please do. <laughs> for everyone listening, welcome to another episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Batoon, and today from the comfort of our own homes, the voice you've already been hearing. We have content producer, host, and DJ Hannah Rad looking beautiful in a, in a blank wall, but like an ambient magenta light backlit behind you. You know, I don't know if this is like my aura or not, but I debated it for a hot second. I was like, okay, <laughs> Zoom background. I was like, what can I put behind me that would look so epic? And I was like, nothing. Let's just let the colors flow. <laughs> oh, I, have you ever got your aura red before? I have, yeah. How did that go? 
It was amazing. I went to this like spiritual healer when I was still living in New York. She's like the rock star shaman to like Oprah. And she like does huge clients. And I was like, hey, me too. Sure. And I wandered in and we were in this pink Himalayan salt cave. And she's Mm. like, let me read your aura. And I was like, I've never had this done before. It feels a bit invasive, but go ahead, girl, go on. (laughs) And so she's, she's like, close your eyes. And she's like, okay, I see this big egg shape around you. And it's not necessarily a color, but it looks like sparklers, like 4th of July. She's like, your energy is so huge that it rock, like walks into the room about 10 seconds before you do. Like people feel you coming and they see you because your aura is already present. I was like, whoa, you are not the first person to tell me this, but it's so cool. Now I like envision myself with just sparklers, like a parade <laughs> before I enter a room anywhere. That's amazing. I bet that helps. Like when you think of yourself have, of having a sparkled aura, then you yeah. walk with that. I mean, not that you would already have it anyway because that's your aura but it yeah. could probably help with confidence too it helps with confidence and it helps with like outfit choices because I was like I don't gotta worry about what I'm wearing my aura's got me covered I'm yes! all sparkly <laughs> <laughs> I love that I've never had my aura red like I know that you can go to places and they yeah. do um I don't know if, what it's called but they have a an old photo studio type of thing and you hold on to some sort of um like metal, I guess. And then it takes a photo, like a long exposure photo. And then you can see if you're like red or yellow. I remember going to a psychic one time and she just told me I had a red aura energy. And she was like, that's the energy of love. I think it's also the energy of like rage. But at the (laughs) same It's a very fine line. (laughs) Love and rage definitely share the Venn diagram center. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was it was love, which was so many years ago, and I was definitely not in love, so maybe I was in rage. But it's so cool. I love it so much. The older I get, the more interested I get in spirituality and obviously mental health and wellness, which is what we'll be talking a lot about because uh, your jockey series that you just made, which I can't wait to talk about. But every day that I wake up, I'm like, how can I? understand the human experience a little bit more than I did yesterday. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's so important for me, especially like in my older years, I say like, I'm not that old, but like, as I've gotten a bit older, there's things that I focus on a bit differently now where I'm like, yes, mental health and wellness is important, but like, and we can talk about this because I've tried like everything, like you name, like what kind of healing, wellness, whatever, spirituality, I've tried it all. And I was like, nothing is working until like, I kind of like chipped away. And I was like, what are the things that are actually working for me? And it, I think the answer is just that, like, I had to go through all those processes to be like, okay, let me weed out the things that aren't working to find out the thing that actually is. Yeah. And at the same time, I I can completely relate to what you're saying of like trying everything. I've done like mm-hmm. the weirdest stuff. And some of my friends are like, this is this is a lot. And I'm like, I'm, yeah. I will try anything. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I wonder if it's the fact that we have tried all of those things and together, like the amalgamation or the synergy of all of those things or is like, I was trying to explain it to a friend of mine. It's like going to a casino and you know, that one game where you put the little, the coins in and you put yeah. coins in and it, there's like a little arm that pushes oh, the it arm out that pushes then, the other coins. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes closer yeah. to you and you keep on pushing, yeah. putting all of your coins in there and you know, you're not going to get like a big prize because it's going to take right. so many, but maybe that one coin maybe could be will. the one that pushes it. And I'm thinking yeah. that everything that we tried, whether it's like therapy or or past life regression or whatever it is, is like each thing we try is one coin in the casino. Mm -hmm. And then it just takes that one extra coin to make you win the jackpot. So maybe we were finding things that didn't work for us, or maybe they all are working for us 
altogether. I, I think that the, it's the latter sentiment for sure. It's not necessarily that everything is not working, but there's little bits and pieces I take from everything. And while mm. on the whole, that might not have been like hot yoga for me, not the best, but I do know <laughs> that like sweating and exercise and some kind of release works for me, but maybe not. So I take like the little bits of information and kind of create and tailor make my own kind of mental well-being journey. So I think yeah. all of those things together, while it might not be the proper one step, it's like tiny little baby steps that add up that get you in the right direction. A thousand percent. And speaking of fitness, we I usually stalk the guests before and I usually try and find something juicy. I did see that you attributed aspects of success to a dedicated fitness regimen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your regimen? Uh, well, I mean, I've gone so full on crazy with it. I was one of the people who was like slow cycle two times a day. Like that <gasps> used to be me or getting into boot camp or orange theory and doing those in the morning and then a workout at night. And I think it came at a time where I was really struggling with what decisions to make with my career, with my personal life, with my overall mental well-being. And so I was just like grasping at straws. I was like, give it all to me at once and I'll just figure out what works, whatever sticks. For me right now, I mean, I wake up early every morning and basically like cartwheel out of, out of the bed. I am such a morning person. I don't need coffee straight away. So I'm like, okay, wake up, workout clothes go on, go for like a three, four mile run, do a little bit of just like calisthenics, aerobic exercises. We can't get in the gym right now, which is like, really unfortunate, um, but also necessary in terms of like social safety and health. So for me, it's just like maintaining that day-to-day regimen. I mean, six, seven days a week um, I'm working out just because it gets me, yeah, it gets me, it gets me right somehow, like physically and mentally. If I don't work out, I can feel myself like bummed out by the time like three, four in the afternoon hits. I was like, what is wrong with me today? What did I do differently? Oh, I didn't like get that like energy out. That's so interesting. I like, it's so funny because I haven't worked out in like three months and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. cool, cool, cool. (laughs) But it's like, that's the same thing. Every day I wake up and I write 10 things that I'm grateful for. And then Mm -hmm. one thing that I'm proud of myself for. And I think it's like, I was listening to another podcast and they were saying, when we go to sleep, our, our subconscious um, kicks in our conscious stops. Yeah. And so are we basically are, are starting from scratch every single morning in mm-hmm. terms of an energetic field. And so right when you wake up, you are, it's like a blank canvas yeah. and it's, it's like whatever you want that day to look like is you're setting yourself up with like those colors of, if you want to talk about it, like with paint and yeah. for you, it's like in order to make your landscape pretty, or whatever you want it to be, you're already working out. And for mm-hmm. me, it's doing the the mindfulness stuff. And that's going to set us up for our days. If not, our picture is going to be like soggy and wet or it's going to yeah. like drip. Like it's not going to be a, a pretty picture. Or gray. It's just all gray. Shades of gray. <laughs> yes, shades of gray in yeah. like a not good way. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I, and I think it's, it's that course of like breaking old habits and then like maintaining consistent ones. And for me, that's the thing. Like that routine for me works throughout not only just fitness, but just in like daily life, in conversations with friends, colleagues, whatever it is, there's a certain routine that I can follow and that I know that like it doesn't keep me so boxed in and regimented where I'm like oh there's no room for being impromptu or being spontaneous there's absolutely space for that but a certain amount of regimen and like dedication for me is like it's just on a consistent basis that that pervades really well for me 
Yeah. What have you learned from your fitness routine that you've taken into your career? Because you do a lot of stuff on camera. Like you mm -hmm. host, uh, you're currently right now doing a complex live stream on Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've seen you do other stuff for like Daily Pop. Like you do a lot of stuff and you're really yeah. great on camera. Yeah. So, and that, which is hard. Like for yeah. everyone listening, that is not easy. <laughs> um, what, what have you learned from your fitness routine that you can... Uh, parlay into an on-camera personality type or like a host career? Well, I think the, the most like stereotypical and topical answer to that is um, you see yourself on camera. So you want to look good. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of like the biggest like immediate response feedback. You like watch back the tape and you're like, oh, ooh, I look a little tired or, you know, I've got bags under my eyes or, oh, those jeans were fitting a little tighter. And that's such like a, you know, socio-economical like value of currency that we have about how we look. And so for mm. me, it, it, it was hard to break out of that. When I stopped focusing on what I look like, rather about how I felt on camera, how I felt interacting with guests, how I spoke, how I approached topics, the preparation that I was able to either do or not do, just depending on how I felt, because I had already expended a certain amount of energy I needed in order to get my day started. I was like, that fitness for me goes hand in hand with it. Like I could literally work out for two hours, sit down in front of a, an interview guest and know nothing about them. And it would be the most amazing interview because there's a balance where it's like, I'm not focused and worried about why do I feel so off instead of just being in the moment with someone and, you know, learning someone in that space, which is to me is invaluable. Yeah. It's so fascinating that, I mean, it's an age old thing that everyone knows that your body and your mind are connected. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to my therapist once about whenever I start to feel activated with anxiety in any sort of situation, she's like, well, the, the reason why you're feeling so like your body's buzzing is because your your body needs to do something with all the energy. Yeah. And so she's like, even like putting your fists, your hands into fists and then releasing them yeah. can, can easily take away all of the energy that's built up. And yeah. so that you can be a normal person you're not riddled with all of your thoughts. That's that exactly so what it sense. is. That that analogy of like the fists, that's my whole body sometimes when I wake up. Because I have, I'm very high functioning with high anxiety. Like Same. no one would really know it because I still achieve great things in my career. And I'm very grateful for the ability to be able to balance that and kind of, for a certain point in time, put on this facade that, hey, everything's okay. And Hannah's just very energetic and she's great on camera. But nobody knew what I was like suffering with behind the scenes. Like before the cameras go on and the cam uh, and the lights are rolling, it's like three, two, one. And I'm taking a deep breath being like, okay, anxiety, go on the back burner for a second. But what right. I've realized is like that clenching and, and that energy that I feel, that's why I wake up and do what I do. Because I can feel it sometimes where I'm like, I'll wake up and I'm just like sweating and ready to go. And I was like, have I already worked out in my sleep? What is this? Yeah. No, that's like the anxiety creeping in. And I was like, okay, let me just go burn this off. And it's literally that energy, like you said, that's attributed to, to the body as well. Like it's, it's attributed to the mind, the body. And if I can get that out, then I can focus on everything else with uh, like little to, to no ease at all. So. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. I feel like when the body will not lie to us, I think a lot right. of times that I'm the same exact way. I saw something on the internet the other day that was like what high functioning anxiety looks like. And it's like, it may look like I'm really neat or I get a lot of things done or mm -hmm. I'm personable or I, yeah. I just, I'm able to do a lot of stuff. And I do love the fact that I'm super productive. Like that makes me feel good. But yeah. I think that is a coping mechanism of my anxiety of like, I have to do things in order to feel worthy. And that's yeah. like how I kind 
kind of grew up and now I'm just used to that. And I think what's so important to hear for anyone listening, like if you only take something from the, whatever I say this entire podcast, I think it's like, no matter if, no matter how you're feeling or how you think you're feeling, your body will tell you. Whether yeah. it's like, I, I remember I was on a show with this guy and he was so stressed out about something back home and we were on this travel job and we were in Bali. And I remember he, he couldn't go to the bathroom. He was like constipated for like three weeks, yeah. which is oh unheard of. <laughs> yeah, It was unheard of. And then the day that he became unstressed about something, it just like all flew. He almost went to the hospital for it. Oh and my it's like God. your body will tell you in every yeah. single way. It's the fight or flight response, but on steroids sometimes. Yeah, I, it's, it's amazing how it works like that. I think it took me a while to realize that, like, I could feel it, but I couldn't really voice that to anyone else and have that, like, not kind of come before the thing that I was trying to express. I remember it was just at the top of this year, like, prior to, to lockdown and everything happening. This was back in January. I went on set um, with a new production company, and I was hosting this event at the Forum. It was their big, like, rock show. Billie Eilish was performing and Coldplay and all these amazing artists. I was like, oh, my God, look at me in this space. And I uh -huh. woke up with such bad anxiety that, that morning, and I couldn't get rid of it. No matter how much I worked out, it was just really there for some reason. So for the first time in the entirety of my career, rather than just showing up and being like, hey, I'm professional, ready, let's go, I went, introduced myself to the producer. I said, hey, my name is Hannah. I'm so excited to be working with you today. I just want you to know I'm in the midst of a really terrible anxiety attack. Everything's going to be fine, but I just want you to be aware of that. Like if I need, when we go for break during commercial, if I just need to step back and not talk, uh, it's no disrespect. I just need a second. And it was the first time that I had admitted, I think, out loud to myself and to anyone else that I was like working with because for me I tried to keep that so separate because I was like I don't want to be seen as a hindrance or like mm -hmm. this diseased individual who like is incapable of doing the work that she's been able to do for so long and she was like cool no worries let us know if you need anything do you want some water let's go I know you know the script we know you're capable of doing what you do so and, and it, it was like such a breeze after that to like actually voice it. And it was that kind of like you said, like that release, like it was still there, but it wasn't yeah. as heavy as it felt when I had first walked onto that set. That's amazing. I don't yeah. think I've ever taken that approach yet. I, like, I, 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 it took me, it took me 30 <laughs> plus years to figure that out. <laughs> Damn. I'm like, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Yeah. I was like, I would, I would do the same exact thing in between different shoots or different shots. I would just like go in a corner and put my mm -hmm. head down. And I remember my manager would come up and try and talk to me. And I would like, I would tell him like, I cannot talk right now. And I yeah. never knew what it was. And I was just like, I need to recharge because mm -hmm. I always thought it was just being an introvert, but yeah. it's, it wasn't like, I love yeah. being around people if I'm comfortable. So same, but if yeah. I'm not, or I'm going through having an anxiety like moment, then I just, I, I don't know how to handle it. And I yeah. end up, I just like overcompensating or like making too many jokes or just like doing the craziest things right, right. just to try and deal with it. But wow. Hmm. Honesty. That yeah. would be a good one. <laughs> you know, it was a revelation. I was like, did I just really do this? Did this just <laughs> happen? And is everything okay? Like the world isn't falling apart. Like it was such an eye opening moment of clarity. Yeah. And then, and that's such a good way to give the other person, whoever you're working with an adult, uh, a, a, a chance to have an adult response because right. other people 
maybe that aren't well-versed in anxiety could either be scared of it or not yeah. know or try and recast you or something. Like that would yeah. be my worry. Um, but now that I know that you can tell people the truth and they're not going to fire you, yeah. that sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I, it was a blessing for sure. And I, it was such a relief. It felt like a weight had been lifted. It was the equivalent of that guy going to the bathroom, essentially. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I felt like. <laughs> it's like yeah, an emotional shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so or what, what are those things called when you like put them up and they, they gargle your stomach and then you put it out? Oh, the enema? <laughs> yes, enema. My emotional enema. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So what did you do before that? If you were ever having a, an anxiety attack or going through something and you had to be somewhere, would you just hide it? Like how would you normally deal with it without telling oh. the truth? For sure. Like it was completely hidden. Um, I think I would try and distance myself a little bit. For the most part, I would just mm. kind of ignore it. And what would happen is, you know, I would get on set or go to a, a live show. Right? You know, I've done a lot of live television. And so there's really no opportunity to be like, OK, take a moment and pause because cameras are rolling. Everybody's watching. Um, so I would just not pay attention to it. It would still be like itching in the back of my head, but I would be like 90 percent present for for what I was doing that day on TV. And then what happened would happen is I would just leave straight from set. Like most people would be like, okay, let's go have a drink after. We'll go with the crew and go grab a bite or whatever. And I'd be like, no, I'm just going to go back to the hotel. Yeah. And I would just crash because I had just spent so much energy balancing what I needed to do in order to remain professional, but then also to not let this thing creep out. So it was this constant battle of energy and this tug of war inside of me. So by the time I got off set, they're like, okay, that's a wrap. My yeah. willpower was gone. Like there was, I couldn't hang out with friends. I couldn't, you know, be around my colleagues. I was bi-coastal between New York and LA a lot for the better mm. part of like two years. And so every time I was like traveling back and forth and that induces anxiety as well, just getting from place to place. And so when I would go to either city, either the colleagues or friends and either one would be like, oh, you're in town, let's go grab food afterwards. And I'd always be like, oh yeah, oh my God, yes, I can't wait to see you. And like almost 100% of the time bailed on the plans if I had Same. been on set that day, yeah. It's crazy that now, like hearing you talk about that, I've, I'm thinking about all those times where I would be on red carpets doing the same exact thing, not knowing why yeah. I was so damn tired. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was because the job was taxing and I exactly. wasn't good at it. Yeah. But it, it wasn't that. It was just, it was all the anxiety that I was trying to suppress the entire time and pretending like everything is okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, it must be just because I'm flying back and forth from coast to coast every other week, literally for two years. It was like back and forth. And I was like, I'm just tired, jet lagged, I can't catch up. And it wasn't that. That's not that long of a flight. Like, come on, Hannah, you can handle it. But, <laughs> uh, it was just this, it was because it was this, this, these energies were at war within me in order to like not let anyone see I was like suffering or struggling, but then also not letting that come out as well. So yeah, it right. was just like a complete, like, I, I just need to sleep straight away. It might be 4 PM, but I'm just like done for the rest of the day. Yeah. Uh, internal tug of war is an interesting way of thinking. I was listening to another podcast. It's like, I listen to one podcast only and I keep on saying like another one, another one in the same podcast. They were talking about, um, split energies, which is mm. what you're talking about right now, which I think is so interesting. I was journaling about it the other day because you can't physically think of two different things at the same time. Like if yeah. you're excited about something, you can be excited in that moment. And then the next moment you could be nervous, but yeah. you can't be excited and nervous at the same time, yeah. which is so interesting to me as like a human. I just like, I'm trying to figure out how humans work. I think yeah. that's my purpose on this life of like, <laughs> just 
how does it work? How do our yeah. brains work? How do our emotions work? How is everything connected? And everything is connected. Right. The older I get, the more I'm like, oh, I understand what people mean when they talk about God or the universe or source. Like, mm-hmm. I understand. I get it. Mother nature. I understand. Um, but I think what's really cool, and I would love to get your your thoughts on this, of like split yeah. energy. Because yeah. we you can't. And so I think what we need to be cognizant about in moments like that, we as a collective is like, we can only focus on one thing at a time. So if we're having an anxiety attack or we're going through something, what can we focus on that's going to help us through that instead of focusing on the anxiety? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think for me, um, just recognizing that is, is the idea that voicing it and not keeping it so inside like keeping things internalized for me is my complete detriment and I didn't realize that because I I was still able like I said like the career was like popping but inside like my heart was like so sunk and like I just felt so defeated your heart was dropping yeah career popping heart dropping dropping. yeah (laughs) we got bars girl (laughs) um but I think it, it was it was kind of like the, the example I gave. It was voicing it, not only aloud to myself, but to anyone else, just so I didn't have to bear the full weight of it. So mm. like splitting that energy rather than it being so fully inside of me and just like these things constantly at war with one another. I was like, OK, let me release this out into the world a little bit so that not so that anyone else has to bear the brunt of it, but just so I'm not like holding it all inside. Like there's already so much pressure with the jobs that we do and, you know, in any field, in any capacity. But then to put more on yourself by not you know speaking up about the things that you're you're going through it just adds extra weight to it so for me Mm -hmm. I think being able to to acknowledge that and then also release it out into the world is is something for me that has been completely therapeutic and and a great release for me yeah there's a buddhist adage or a saying or some sort of something I, Mm -hmm. I, I love that like it seems like I know what I'm talking about and then it immediately doesn't. Yeah. So like, I start really strong and then I go, I've actually never read a book in my life. No, I, there's something in Buddhism yeah. where it's called the second arrow. And in what you just said, reminded me of it, it's you, something happens to you. And that mm-hmm. is the first arrow. That's something yeah. that you couldn't have helped. It just happened to you. And then the second arrow is the one that you put into yourself when you overthink something or when you don't get help Mm. or when you don't release that energy. The second one is your own doing, like you're wounding yourself even more because you're not, you're not trying to get better. You're trying to just pile it on for some reason. Yeah. And that happens all the time. And I think it's so important to let the energy out and whatever that is, whether it's working out or uh, writing gratitudes or going to therapy, like it's so important to just accept what's going on with your life, with your day. It's going to change day to day too. Yeah. I love that arrow analogy because, and I don't know why this made me think of this. So just bear with me while I love it already for a second. (laughs) I got stung by a bee like two weeks ago. First of all, I was like, I haven't gotten stung by a bee since I was like 12. Who gets stung by bees these days? I was sitting on the beach and I felt this thing on my hip and I was like, what the hell? And I see like the bees like butt and like stinger like in my side. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. And I brushed it off, but I saw that the stinger was still inside. So I was like, okay, so there's that like one arrow that's in there. And like, I go home, get it out. And I could see that it's starting to swell and whatever. And I get the stinger out and I was like, whoa, that's huge, crazy. I wake up the next morning and I was like, it still feels really weird. 
I can feel this like heat growing. This patch of skin is like raised and like it's starting to bruise. And I was like, I swear to God, there's still something in me. There's something like aggravating me. That's like, like you're saying, like that second arrow that there, you know, there's still something in you hurting you or like mm-hmm. doing you great harm. So I went to a friend and I was like, look, I know there's something there. And she's like, it's not it. It's just the skin healing over. And I was like, no, no, no. I feel it. I know that there's something in there. And I'm like digging in there with, with like uh, <laughs> the tweezers and pliers and anything I could find. And I went in there and I put Screwdrivers. Yeah, just like an just ace like hardware inside your side. <laughs> and it was in there. There was like another like part of this stinger that was in there. And I was like, oh, that's the thing. Like I knew it was in there. And if I just would have let it in there because someone else, you know, threw it in there or let it in there and told me and I took their advice, I would have been like in the hospital because this mm-hmm. thing was just like growing and growing. But I was like, no, I can recognize that there's something in there that I need to get out. And that was like my little baby second arrow. Like, get out of here. Like, I don't need yeah. that. Whoa, that's that could be a metaphor for anything. Also, just like yeah. it, it's one thing to brush something off, and there's yeah. one thing to actually go inside and remove it. Yeah, that, do I mean, the that's work like to like therapy get it out. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is okay. We're talking so much about the mental health journey, which is a perfect segue into yeah. your the docu series that you've just been doing. It's yeah. a short series. Um, you could probably tell, talk about it way better than I can. Um, but it's called "Sorry to Keep You Waiting." Yeah, um, sorry to keep you waiting. I mean, this came out of like the birth of having enough time during the course of lockdown and staying at home. I feel like it's been a blessing for me to be able to be kind of confined to a certain space for amount of time because I was traveling like 11 months out of the year for a better part of my career. And so to be able to stay at home and focus on a project that I was passionate about and have the time to do that was a a complete blessing. It came out of just a really shitty day I was having. Like I woke up one morning and I didn't have that energy to jump out of bed and go work out. And I literally laid in bed all day. I was crying, I had the shades drawn. It was just like a bleak day. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, man, I do not want to feel like that again. So I just mm. hopped in the car and started driving. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going right now, but I just need to get out and like do something. So I started driving and I'm like singing along terribly to the radio and crying. And I was like, what am I, what am I doing with, with life? Who am I? Where am I? And I start thinking about all these specific stories in my life that have attributed to kind of like that thing that I haven't worked on and gotten out of me yet that was still like eating away at me. And I identified a few different scenarios and, and situations that I've been in. And I was like, I think there's something to this. What if I just got in the car and drove to these beautiful locations and shot and told my story and told, like spoke about my journey for mental uh, wellness and health? And so I raced back home, edited a trailer real quick, started a crowdfunding campaign, launched it. And within 30 days, I was out on the road, fully funded, shooting by myself. I went to seven cities in uh, California and went, shot and produced a a seven episode series that is now wrapped. The final episode has already aired, but um, we're looking at season two already in a slightly different capacity. So, wow. Yeah. So, wow, that's. It's the complete sanguine energy of like to do, like wake up and do something just because you don't want to feel a certain way. And then it becomes beautiful. So you literally just got in a car and was like, this is going to be it. Yeah. I didn't know at first. I was just driving to try and like not be in that 
physical and mental space I was in the day prior. I didn't want to be in that like bed laying there feeling sad and depressed for, I don't even know what reason it was. I just woke up and I was like, I do not feel good physically, Mm -hmm. mentally. And I allowed myself that for the day, but I was like, I can't let this continue. I have too much to do and give and offer. I don't know what that is. So I just got myself out of that physical space. And the more I drove, I was like, I don't know where I'm going right now. Um, so let me just figure this out. But the more I drove, I was like, I think there's something to this. And I don't know what yeah. it is, but I'm going to fully commit to it. Right. And that's yeah. almost like a physical re- manifestation of the journey itself, of the mental oh, health journey. Absolutely. Like physical yeah, tra- yeah, traversing absolutely. the U.S. I or went, California, you said. Yeah, I went to... to well, six out of the seven cities I had not been to before. So the, I started off my journey in uh, Joshua Tree because I had been there before. I was like, we'll make this one easy. We'll like ease my way into it. I did the whole trip in seven days. So one day <gasps> per episode. And I was driving to each location myself, shooting, setting up cameras, mics, lights, all of that, packing wow. up, going to the next hotel, you know, and then driving to the next location every day. But the thing for me that was important was that the mental health journey for me, while it's been dotted and and marked by very traumatic and slightly tragic events in my life, which I'm grateful for because in spite of and because of them, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to be able to showcase that uh, a mental journey can be beautiful as well. So I wanted to be put in these scenarios and situations where I was like, look at this strange, amazing, beautiful landscape that I'm in. I was like, people don't get to come and see this typically, but let me talk about how beautiful it is to work on yourself as well. Yeah. What do you think the, and you probably learned so much by doing this, Mm -hmm. but what do you think you learned most from the drive alone? Like, because you were by yourself um, driving to all these places. What about, I probably will ask of like, what did you learn here, here and here? But the drive specifically, like what did you learn by being alone in that capacity? I think that the drive alone for me was... It was so interesting because I kept stopping along the way. Like I was definitely like off schedule within like the first hour of the trip because (laughs) I was like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. Pictures, B-roll footage, like, you know, and like setting up GoPros on the outside of the car. I was like, I need all this extra footage. full production team. Basically. Um, (laughs) So I think the thing that I learned was just to enjoy every second along the way. I know that there was a certain destination every day and there was a greater goal and destination for the entirety of the series. But the drive for me signified being able to enjoy every step of the process because I initially didn't look at that where I was like, okay, I need to shoot this B-roll while I'm driving from L.A. to to Joshua Tree. And then I was like, wait a second, there's so much gorgeousness. Let me enjoy every bit of this journey. And just and it's a word I use a lot in the series and that I've been able to work on, like with my therapist and with different people that I've spoken with is the word of surrender. And it's surrender to me is such a beautiful word because a lot of people have this idea that it means you're giving up. But surrender means giving yourself over to the process, just like letting go and letting be what will be. So for me, that drive was was a surrender. I was like, I there were points where GPS didn't work. I had no Internet. And I was like, I didn't download my offline map, so I'm just going to wing it. And I think I'm going the right way. And I surrendered to the, the idea of like. I think I'm driving through Death Valley right now. Like, wow. don't really know where I'm ending up, but it, it was really just giving myself over to the actual journey. Right. What was your favorite stop of all the seven stops? Um, Lake Tahoe was really special for me because um, I caught an amazing sunrise there and the entire day was like, 
I kind of got a little bit of everything. I got city, I got beach, I got woods and waterfalls, like all in the span of five hours. Nice. Um, but I think the, the biggest release for me was when I was in Mono Lake. Um, and there's these crazy salt structures where you look like you're on another planet. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it, there was these stops along the way that I think the universe was telling me I was doing something right. Cause there was these like notifications from the world, I guess they were like, yeah, girl, you on the right track. So in episode three, I was talking about this situation that I had years ago about a lake. And for some reason, I was shooting on a lake that day, but I didn't put two and two together when I was like in pre-production of this. It just happened that that's what lined up. Amazing. And then this Alignment. other one, yeah, the other the other one when I was at this big release for, for episode four at Mono Lake with these salt structures, it, it was I was talking about like some like nerd facts. And I was like, oh, this is one of the saltiest bodies of water on the earth. And I was like, but wait, but I'm crying and it's tears and salty. And oh, my God, it's good. And so like I was finding these moments of like oh, affirmation along the way yes. where I'm like, I, I think I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing right now. Right. Like oneness. It's almost like deja vu. Like when they say when you have deja vu, it means because you're on the right path. Yeah. It's like the same thing as like you're talking about the the saltiness of the tears and you're in the saline water. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it wasn't anything that was planned. And these things just lined up. And I was like, there's just these little reminders like go on, go keep going, keep pushing. You're you're doing something right. That's the thing. The universe is always talking to Mm -hmm. us. It's just like, are you listening? That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like, again, back to the, it's, oh my gosh, I literally, it feels like I'm in the matrix. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm cracking it. I have taken both pills yeah. and I have overdosed. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh my God, it's so wild. Like with the law of attraction and just like in having good energy and how far that gets you. And, and it's just so beautiful. The, the people that it brings into your life. Yeah. Like, it's the wildest thing. Like I am so glad I started this journey because mm-hmm. I'm a completely different person than I was yeah. th- last year. I'm a completely mm-hmm. dis- different person than I was three months ago. And Same. every day yeah. it's so cool to get yeah. a little bit closer to who we were meant to be. Yeah. I, I found that like, I'm very different than I was like three months ago, very different. A year ago, not even completely the same person. But even in day-to-day things, I have found how like my mind works differently now. And oh, I'm an extremely empathetic person. I found yeah. myself finding a different sort of compassion for individuals and their journey and their stories as well too. Because I can be, and I don't know if it's because I'm a Capricorn or like a workaholic, <laughs> or I can be a bit cold when it comes to like other people's struggles when it comes to either their work or things they're going through. And I'd be like, it's not that hard, whatever. But then I was like, <laughs> as I started to struggle in certain ways and then start to overcome it, I was like, oh, like my heart softened a little and I can understand and like hear people in conversation better. So even from like day to day, like I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Like it's a continual evolvement and growth and I love to see it. It's, I love to see it. I love that so much. I love that you say, I love to see it like for yourself. Yeah, I love (laughs) love this for me. (laughs) It's so cool to be able to see you act in different ways. Like, it sounds like I'm watching you, like the Truman Show. It's to see ourselves show up in different ways, in better ways than we did before. Like Mm -hmm. when you're showing up for people a little bit more compassionate than before. And I'm, like I met someone recently that, and we started to get close on the job that I'm on now. And when we're together, I realize that I'm the person that I've always wanted to be the person that mm-hmm. I've journaled about without even trying. I'm just yeah. like, Oh, I'm selfless and yeah. nice. And like, yeah. I'm caring. I'm already these things, but it, more so, right. you know, when you like, when you are able to show up as more you than you mm-hmm. were the day before, 
that is yeah. the best feeling that I've felt in a long time. Oh, a thousand percent. I think even with like starting the the new job that I'm on now, I watch it back and I was like, where did this come? Like, where did that sentence come from? Where did this joke come from? I was like, I'm like packing up at myself. And it was like, it's just, that's like intuition. And just like, again, that surrender and giving yourself over and you can find compassion in yourself as well too, to be the best version of yourself without even actually trying, because you've been affording the space, not only for yourself, but to allow others to see you just as you are with like, uninhibited just progress which I think yeah I watch it back and I was like who am I like when did I when did I start cracking these jokes yeah Yeah. it's so exciting I it's it's, I'm like stuttering because I'm like so excited about what I'm thinking (laughs) so I remember I went to school for art and I remember them them teaching us about Michelangelo and um the carving like marble sculptures and he would say that the sculpture is already in the block. Mm -hmm. He was just releasing it. And I feel like the mental health journey and all of the work that we're doing on on ourselves is not like taking away the dirt and the grime and all the, the bad stuff and the trauma that's happened. It's actually like shaving off what is underneath all of it. Like Mm -hmm. we, we are born as babies, but we're born as like a block of marble and all the work we do is like chiseling away and getting the fine detail. And so then we become like a beautiful ass sculpture and that is the journey. Yes. I love that. Like it's already in there and it's there, Mm -hmm. but like things come on and like latch on or attach themselves to, you know, to kind of block that like truly genuine and authentic person that we are inside of there. And so now if you can just find and tap into that and like you said, chip away and do the work to try and release whatever it is that might be cumbersome or, you know, blocking you from your blessings, then once they're out there, I mean, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to do next. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like, it's going so well. Let's hope it continues. Yeah, right? (laughs) We're going to take a little break while Hannah gives us an extra piece of advice you can find at Just a Tip Podcast on Instagram. And we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
And we are back. I grab some water so that I don't die in the next half of this. Uh, before we get into our listener question, I want to know if you have recently discovered anything that has helped you in quarantine. We're still in quarantine for some reason, but have you like found a show or a food or something that you that makes your life easier? Girl, I found all the food. Uh, I don't know when I became like Martha Stewart, but I used to hate cooking. And now, well, at the beginning of lockdown, when like nobody was visiting anybody at all, like everybody was completely socially distant, I was making like six course meals for myself and I would put it on my Instagram story just to like have some kind of socializ- like socialization with people. I'm like, who right. are you cooking for? And I was like, myself. It was like, one night it was like a full like Indian feast with like butter chicken and roti and like all of this stuff. Wow. And then, and the next night it was like Mauritian lentil soup and like all these like exotic flavors from all over. And it was like, who are you cooking for? And I was like, it's <laughs> Your for kitchen me. is Epcot. So it's, it's complete. It is basically where there's a little train that comes around, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, I think for me, I don't know. I found such joy in releasing cooking because I think it's another great way of expressing creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to hate being in the kitchen as a kid growing up because I was such an outdoors kid. And I would like beg my mom to do all of like the outdoor chores. I weed the gardens and mow the lawn just because I wanted to be outside and then when outside went away this year uh, (laughs) I started to become uh, an an indoor chores kind of girl and so I've I've been cooking up a storm Thanksgiving's gonna be crazy this week it's I've got a whole menu for like four people that have all had multiple COVID tests I'm just putting that out there we're we're all negative we're doing it safe Um, so I've got four people coming and I've got about 20 dishes that I'm making. And I said, like made a whole invite and a menu and they're like, is this just for us? And I was like, it absolutely is. That is, I love that so much. I'm doing the same exact thing. Like you can't, you can barely see in the back of my thing. Um, but I have like, I did a chalkboard. I have a menu that has like the sides of it is sewn, like for my sewing machine. (laughs) Like, like so ridiculous. Like you're doing the most. I'm here for it. We're doing the most. I'm like, I want to blame it on the fact that we have so much time in quarantine, but I think I would be doing this anyway. I love going above and beyond. Yeah. Like after <laughs> all is said and done here, I think this is going to exist throughout. So thanks COVID. I'm a chef yeah. now. <laughs> I'm a chef now. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So going back to post-grad blues, here is our question. Hi, Megan. I'm 23 years old. Um, and I would say that I'm a relatively um, outgoing and friendly person. I'm super extroverted. I'm an ENSP on the Myers-Briggs. I'm an Enneagram 8. Um, And I've been really struggling within the past, like, year or so because I feel like I'm just stuck in this rut where I am friends with these people because I feel obligated to be friends with them. But, like, whenever I'm with them, I kind of want to, like, gouge my eyes out. Um, but I don't know how to really make friends because I'm always at work or busy around the house or something like that. Um, and I also just don't go out a lot and especially with like COVID that doesn't help anything, but I would just was wondering if you had tips on how to make friends in your early teens, not teens. I'm not a teen in your early twenties. Um, and how not to feel like you're, a bad person because you don't want to be friends with these people that you've been friends with for the past five years because they've just kind of been there. So I don't know. Um, if you could help, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm extroverted and lonely. Bye. Oh, okay. So much here. Are you, 
have you taken the Myers-Briggs test? I have. I don't even know what, I'm definitely an extrovert, but I'm also very much like love to be alone. Her, her statement about being extroverted and lonely, is that like the title of my memoirs? Because I think that's me. I, can I steal that? Can, can we trademark that for me? 23 post-grad. Yeah, right. 23. Day. Okay. So that's interesting. I don't know if I'm an extrovert. I, I thought I was an introvert for a long time, but I, I got to retake that test. Um, yeah. What I love about this question so much is that you can do anything you want. And the mm. cool part about it is the more you work on yourself, the more you're going to be magnetized and compelled to more people that are like-minded and on the same frequency as you. So the people that you're friends with now, just because you were friends with them when you met them in the fifth grade or the 12th grade or whatever it was, that was just because you guys were put in the same place because of where you were at that time. The more that you work on yourself, the more that you are interested in the things that make you feel alive, the more you're gonna find people that you gel with, the people that are like your homies. Everyone that says that LA has, like is full of fake people and mm-hmm. there's no good people here. I'm like, you you haven't looked. Like yeah. I found my favorite people in Los Angeles. It's yeah. because like the more the more you go in the direction of what feels authentic to you, the more you're going to feel, the more you're going to find the more authentic people for you. Yeah, a thousand percent. And that's about walking in your purpose too and knowing that you're on your right path, doing the work on yourself, and then you will attract, you know, it's like you said, it's it's the same as the universe and energy. What you're putting out there, you're getting in return as well. I think 23, especially for people who've been in college, is such a pivotal age. I always look at like my 23, 24, 25 year old self and what a mess I was in terms of just not knowing how to operate in the world. And the the ideas that you're intended to hang on to, which is friends, schooling, kind of a regimented class, wake up, university campus type of schedule and then you're thrust out into the real world and you're like okay college is definitely not the real world you learn knowledge there and education but like where are the real skills for life how do you get an apartment how do you get a cosigner if you don't have a credit like you know there's there's small things and I think at that age you're constantly questioning things and it's easy to look at friends or like you you feel obligated to hang out with them because that's what you've known but you don't know what's available for yourself moving past that because you've been in this space for two to three four years Mm -hmm. so I think it's a a very valid question to have I think I was in that postgraduate questioning phase up until like last year like and that's been a long time since I've been out of college it's a continual questioning of that where it's like are these people serving me? Are they filling my cup? And it's not necessarily that they're doing anything bad or not. It's just maybe they're not the right friend for you at that time. And and there's nothing Absolutely. negative to be said about that. It's just like, am I filling their cup? Or are they filling mine? And if not, then we just go our separate ways. Absolutely. And I think the part where she mentions that she wanted to gouge her eyes out when yeah. they're around her friends, like that is a really important indicator of whoever you're around with them or anyone that you meet in the future, even if it's somebody that's like making a sandwich uh, at a a subway or something, or if it's like your best friend or someone that you want to date, like who, how does that person make you feel? How does being around them feel? Does it, can you like, feelings are basically the only direction that we have from our body in order to tell us like how we feel like we have the fight or flight response and we have our the the way that we feel and Mm -hmm. that's our subconscious telling us where to go from there so like listen start listening to your body especially when you feel 
good or bad around someone. That's that's basically you, yourself telling yourself to get away or stay. Yeah. Have you ever been like either like on a date or with friends or whatever it is? And as soon as you get there, you're already think of, thinking of what's my out? How am I going to yes. get out of here? And yes. I'm like, I, it just happened to me last week. And I was like, in the moment like we sat down, I was like, what am I going to do? How quick can I make this? And I was like, yeah. why did I even agree to it in the first place? But then that helps me think for, for moving forward. I was like, okay, whom is this person to me right now? What is the value that they are adding or not to my life? And do I need to put myself in that position? Because I am someone who's completely hospitable. I love entertaining. I love being around people. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, if it's not the right person for me at that time, I need to be more aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's a parting tip for her? Because she asked about making friends in in your like 20s. How would you go about doing that in the time of COVID? Because usually Mm. it's like the thing that I would normally say is like, go explore what makes you excited. Like if you like painting, go to a painting class. Or if you like pottery or you like soccer, like join these clubs. But now that we can't do that, what would you, have you met anybody in quarantine, like during of COVID? Like, have you met a new friend? Yeah, I have actually. And it's strange because it's, there's this girl who she does a very similar job to me and we've been on sets before or like auditioning for the same hosting roles, whatever. And so we've been like backstage at places before and like bumped into each other. Hey girl, what's up? And I think just by a manner of like putting myself out there and making myself known and be like, hey, I'm out here, I'm working on myself. I need a mental health break. I'm going out to the beach today. And this was the time when the girl, like when all the beaches were closed, I drove like three hours to go to a beach one day. Cause I was like, I just need nature and water. And she hits me up and she's like, um, I know, I don't, we don't know each other that well, but like, where are you and can we go a day? And like, I didn't ask nice. for her to be my friend or whatever, but like, we became the best of homies. Like we are like ride or die down. And I was like, I always knew I liked her and appreciated her and she knew what I did and likewise, but we were never in a manner of timing in the same space or energy. So I think just making yourself known out there, like, like you said, the, the pottery and the exercise and whatever classes might not be out there right now, but there are a lot of online communities and something as simple as, you know, joining a workout class online or Mm -hmm. a zoom chat where people were, you know, talking about different things. Clubhouse is a great app with people just having good conversations about anything and everything. Everyone wants to have Clubhouse. I've never heard of it. Okay. Clubhouse is new. So you got to get in there because you got to get that invite, but I got you. I'll I'll send you one. (laughs) Oh, it's Uh, exclusive. It's exclusive. But if you got the, you know, you know, someone who knows someone, uh, and it's a great way for people just to connect and talk. You don't have to be face to face with people. So maybe you won't feel like you have to gouge your eyes out and you can just chat and have conversations like yesterday the Grammy nominations were out and there was this whole, you know, topic where everyone was like, if you want to join in this room and talk about why The weekend got snubbed, talk. And so if that's your vibe, cool. If you want to talk about literally anything else, it's on that app. And basically you can find that just about anywhere online these days too. Wait, so it's like a new age chat room. Essentially, yeah. It's all like, you're basically just talking on the phone to like multiple people at once. Cool. Yeah. Wait, I love that. Okay, yeah. that's a way better tip than anything that I would give because it's like practical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so to end our hour here, the, I want to end with a little game that I call three words only. So this is a game where we get a one or two word suggestion and we give a piece of advice in three words only. So the usual example that I give is if the, um, if the suggestion was Los Angeles, then the advice would be check parking signs. Mm -hmm. So one little piece of advice with only three words. 
Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first suggestion is self-respect. Ooh. Ooh. We'll both we'll get we'll both give three words on self-respect. Okay. And wow. You can take as much time. I know this is like harder than I was like, dang. I was waiting for like the Los Angeles curveball to be thrown at me, right? Like the softball. Like you, you Los Angeles. Those. Los Angeles. I was like, the, like, I'm like existentialism. Like, yeah. <laughs> the hardest like, thing. Go Come real on. deep with it. Um, self-respect. Okay. I got it. Okay. I love me. I love me. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's good. Okay. One for self-respect. <laughs> Um, it starts within is going to be mine. I had to count that. Is that bad of me? Is my math? It starts with No, I counted too. <laughs> we're like working TV hosts yeah. and we're like, one, two, three. I'm, like, I'm not hired for my math skills. I tell everybody this all the time and they're like, hey, can you count to 10? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> like the sound guy. Yeah. Like, like, I'm, not, one, I'm not hired. I'm, I'm pretty. What's I, I can think, but I don't do math. <laughs> Okay, the next the next suggestion is periods of unproductivity. I like that. Okay. What are three words of advice you would give for periods of unproductivity? Go outside now. Ooh. Nice. I'm like I'm wondering if I should if you take that side of the spectrum, I'll take the other side because I feel like sometimes being unproductive as long as it's not a elongated period, yeah. might be good as for people, especially like as type A as I am, that I'm going to say for my three words for periods of pro- unproductivity, it's going to be, um, oh, dang it. This is more than three words. Um, <laughs> um, oh, don't. Oh, no. I wanted to say don't overdo it. But at the same time, I'm like, this is going to be the first time in the entire episode (laughs) this is gonna be the first time in the entire history of this podcast where I don't give three words because I can't yeah (laughs) do you you need to steal one of mine because I can pull back go outside you can take one of my words (laughs) (laughs) I just think that like with I remember the very beginning of quarantine this was a huge thing that was going around the internet too of there was a saying that was like your your productivity is not tied to your worth Mm -hmm. and as much as I agree with that I want to highlight it even more in, in saying like being unproductive sometimes is good. Like maybe having yeah. one day a week where you're not working yeah. your ass off about something or overthinking something and just taking time to relax. Because as humans, back in the caveman days, we weren't meant to have like yeah. a million businesses and a million notifications and people needing this and that and I think it's nice to just calm down and, and go outside and like what yeah. you're saying, your, your entire docu-series of going out and being in nature and becoming one with the universe again. Yeah. I think that's so important. Like, don't be productive for a no, little bit. No, yeah, there's there's like layers to it. I was like, it's either like, go outside, take a break, delete your Instagram, all of these things. When they, <laughs> these periods, like the, that's the, my the, to-do like, list for propel, tomorrow. My, my three-word to-do list of like what <laughs> propels my unproductivity. I'm like, what am I doing that's making me like on pause right now? So literally like take a break, do something else, and then like come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the last one is motivation. I love that these were all very deep. <laughs> the last... <laughs> for some like topical stuff I was like come on what, what we got here like, here we go COVID politics yeah, I'm like right. no <laughs> the meaning of life <laughs> so what was it motivation 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 um 
this will be good because since you work out seven days a week, how I'm yeah. very interested to see what your three words oh, are going to be for motivation. Uh, motivation. Don't give up. Ooh, I like that. I think mine is going to be, this is something that a previous guest said about motivation and, um, it, it comes in waves mm-hmm. because it's, I feel like when you're motivated, it, it happens. You have to be, either be inspired to be motivated or force yourself to be motivated. Mm-hmm. And I think like, like being steadfast and not giving up is definitely, you need that because the, the waves are not always going to be there. Yeah. So, so you got to like set yourself up for success in a way that you can continue to work out when you don't want to. And I love that yeah. I'm saying this because I haven't worked out in three weeks. <laughs> Three months. I mean, three years. <laughs> I've never worked out. Well, yeah, that was me this morning. Like, honestly, like, I said, like, I like to run about like three to four or five miles a day. Today, I hit one mile and I was like, mm, I'm good. But I was like, I just kept that routine anyways. I, I knew I didn't yes. want to this morning, but I just did it anyways. Like, don't give up. Keep going. In, because it is that wave where I'm like, there's some days where I'm like 10 miles. Yeah, sure. And then today I was like, right. Huffing and puffing after like a mile. And I was like, what is this? I'm done. Okay. I love that you still did it though. I think that's so important to keep the routine, even though you didn't do three or 10 miles, even just getting out and doing one, that's not breaking the cycle. I remember, this is the last thing I will say before wrapping it up, but I remember going to a seminar once and the instructor had said that the most important thing that you can do for yourself is to keep all the promises you make to yourself. Mm. So whether that's like, going out and and running however many miles you want to, or even just putting the shoes on and doing it, that when you said that you were going to work out, that is so important. It's more important to actually just do the physical act of getting outside with your running shoes on than Mm -hmm. running a marathon because it's a Mm -hmm. promise that you made to yourself that you didn't break. And it's like building trust. Yeah. Oh, I, that's exactly what happened with me this morning. Like you're like detailing my every move this morning. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, I know I have to do it, but I don't want to. So I put on all the clothes and the gear and then I started doing laundry and dishes and like cleaning up before like house guests come or whatever. And I was like, wait a second, if I have it on, then I'm just going to force me out the door at some point because I'm already like halfway there. Like, let me keep this promise to myself. I knew I was going to do it, but it was just a little bit tougher to get out today, <laughs> but it happened. Well, congrats on doing it because I'm in yeah. a full sweatsuit right now and it's 2 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thank you so much for coming on the pod where can people find everything about you everything is at hannah rad uh, instagram twitter facebook uh everywhere just hannahrad.com and you can find more information about the series and my journey and wherever i'm popping up on every other live stream on your computers any day of the week <laughs> oh one last thing now that you would, I, I remember that I wanted to ask this because we were talking about mental health in the beginning of this, well, beginning, middle and end really. But yeah. before you started the journey, what is one piece of advice that you wish that somebody would have told you about the mental health journey before you started? Oh, I don't know when, ooh. when you had started. Um, like, what is one thing that you wish that you would have known? The, the, not to be afraid of like feeling lost or feeling, I don't want to say like a failure, but feeling like you, you don't have the answers. I'm someone, and I address this in the series as well, I operate really well in black and white. Like I will take a no a thousand times over a yes or, or over a maybe because a maybe is in that gray area where you're like you just don't have any solid answer. So give me a no, I'll take it because it's a, a solid fact. And I, I wish people would have told me more. And I, I gratefully, I, I was able to figure this out on my own through the journey. 
is that that gray area is okay. That's part of that surrender. You're just giving yourself over to the process and you're like, okay, whatever's going to happen now. Like you don't need to have all the answers because you're on the journey to figure it out. I love that. Yeah. I wish I knew that as well. Now but we maybe, do. Yes, and now we do. And now <laughs> we're, everyone we're listening. <laughs> we're fixed. If you listening have a sticky situation or burning concern, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age and we will give you all that we can on the day that we record. I think we did pretty good today, Hannah. I think we did all right, Megan. <laughs> Yay! Okay, have an amazing Thanksgiving. This won't come out for a while, so everyone listening is going to be like, this doesn't make any sense. We're recording this before Thanksgiving, but have a great Thanksgiving. I you can't too. wait to see all of your, your photos <laughs> of every food that you make now that you're Julia Child. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will see you guys next week. I won't see you. It's a podcast. I will be back in the future. <laughs> Great. That's how we're ending it today. Awesome. I love it. That was a headgum podcast.